Hello, listeners, and welcome back to <laughs> the shit show. <laughs> uh, welcome back to The Wayward Dragons. I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Welcome. And we have a special guest here today with us. Special guest, who are you and why are you here? I'm Hayden. I am host, producer of the British Royal Fanatic podcast. I'm Kelsey's brother. Woo! <laughs> 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 I do exist. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about some, uh, a few famous occultists and went there, so. Yeah, Beautiful. and how they tie into the yeah. royal family. Yeah, so we're going to kind of delve into that, delve into some famous uh, occultists and individuals that have some sort of influence and tie into the royal family, and hopefully Hayden has some insight for us on some of that. I know... You're fairly well-versed in things relating to the royal family. And a little bit. I'm sure you can give us some fun <laughs> anecdotes and stuff. I mean, just a little bit. I enjoy, when it comes to the royal family, aside from the fact that there's so much history to pull from, there's so much fuckery behind the scenes that I completely, mm-hmm. I love. Like, one of the things that, oh, that immediately comes to mind in terms of just general fuckery is up in Balmoral, uh, course where the queen died. There's now a running theme where apparently it's going to get turned into a museum now. Apparently. Okay. Because the royal family is too strict of the queen to uh, inhibit there anymore. And how... Um, Oh, I could go on and on and on, but what let's get into today. I'm a very social person. I could hold this po- podcast hostage accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kelsey, you are. Kelsey, see me do it. God Kelsey, see me do it. Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. Especially about the royal family. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, have you been reading any books since we're on yeah. you anyways, Hayden? Anything yes, of any interest? Yes, I have. I sort of, I, this is a trait that, I've picked up, I think it's from, from, from grandma where I can read multiple books at one time and keep all the stories straight. And mm-hmm. I, I do the and same I thing. have two, <laughs> I have two books I'm working through right now. One of the ones it's called the Diana Chronicles by Tina Brown. And this book, of course, it is a biography about, you know, the late Diana Prentice of Wales, but it's a different twist on it to where it actually looks at her environment and everything she was surrounded by to help better inform her character. Okay. Like how, um, how, oh, just off the top of my head, I'm currently at the point where now she's fully been introduced to Prince Charles and Prince Charles, well, now the king, but as Prince, was dating Diana's sister. Yeah, no one talks about that. He dated Diana's sister first. Yeah. Lady Sarah. Okay. Yeah. That's... In fact, she was going to be the Princess of Wales until she did an interview and said, sorry, it uh, that doesn't interest me. And she completely like shot all her chances because she decided to do an interview. But anyway, it like it delves into it goes really in depth into her childhood in terms of how really toxic her parents marriage was and how it fell apart and how her uh, her mother felt all this immense pressure to produce a son. But she kept having daughters and how um, the arguments that they would get into, but also how the whole family, especially the Spencer family, you know, the seventh Earl wouldn't let her father come in and do stuff. So they were, they never went over to Althorpe and how everybody's arguing and no one's paying attention to her, but she's in a weird position because her sisters are making fun of her, but her brother really needs her. So she's this weird maternal figure that has a lot of self-esteem issues. And it's, but it takes that 
retrospective and not a way of like how do we feel bad for her but a matter of hey here's truly just the world she lived in how she didn't have any pressures to like get a real Hmm. job because she's in this last era of where you'll be this nanny and you still have this money from the estate and she's in this like the end of this era and how explaining you know this is the culture she grew up in so it's very much a like cultural retrospective as well to try to better explain um I'm currently reading that one, but it's really dense. So I can only do it like two mm-hmm. or three chapters in one go. It's a very, very, very dense book. And Tina Brown's writing is a little long-winded. But the other book I'm currently reading, it's called uh, The Book of Queer Prophets. And it stemmed from a really wonderful conversation that Dad and I were having. Where um, ever since Grandma passed, I've been trying to find ways to reconnect with, with, uh, with my faith. But not in a way of like concrete actual like religion or anything i've been trying to forge my path where i've been like coming to kelsey for just kind of guidance and like hey help and it's a way to it's Mm -hmm. a way for me to feel closer to grandma of trying to find uh what it means to me and one of the biggest things especially as a as a queer person is that religion is something that we really don't touch on because we experience so much trauma from it and we experience so much where they pick and choose. I remember with my ex-fiance, he grew up in the Church of Christ, and that, oof, no, that was, no. Yeah. It was Church of Christ. <laughs> I went to a few of those services, and I, like, had hives at one point. Mm-hmm. It was so uncomfortable. And one of the things with with Grandma is she was someone who was so, she still had her faith, but she really, she truly walked the walk of non-judgmental, at least to me, when it was to the mm-hmm. to the queer community. And so I've really been kind of struggling. So this book, it's a collection of 24 essays by various queer people of different identities, but also of different faiths, where there are certain Muslims, Hindus, Buddhism, there's a Mormon with Dustin Lance Black. And it's it's these just short essays of just their experiences, how they left religion and came back, or why they left religion, how they didn't have it, and now they're, it's, they're, it's all these different people just discussing their experience, whether they know scripture very well or not, totally different viewpoints things i would never thought of especially Mm -hmm. in uh different sects of the uh islam faith where they're really like the core concepts of drag exist over there which i was like hmm didn't Mm -hmm. know that but it's a way for me to Mm -hmm. like try to try to better find my own personal identity but also still find ways to like connect with my sister in terms of like hey like with like with with uh with my crystals and trying like guidance with like my dreams and stuff and uh finding this book to realize truly what is what 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 is of value to me so those are the two books it's sort Mm -hmm. of this weird dichotomy something so intellectual based and cold hard you know psychology (laughs) and facts and then we have something so subjective as religion too it's such a whole and then i have a like a walt disney biography that i've been trying to get back into so but the past two weeks, those are the books that I have been going through. <laughs> and this pretty much encapsulates my entire personality. Very analytical and very, very open and subjective. Yeah. Well, I I always laugh because the whole family, like, reads so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, Dad and I kind of read, like, the exact same kind of genres. Mm-hmm. But, but dad will read anything. My, our dad will read the, the yellow book if you mm-hmm. probably put it in front of me. Um, but then you have grandpa, our grandfather that reads, like, military. They, like, Tom Clancy and 
like strict my World arm. War Two, St- hard yes. World War Two. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then my grandma read Daniel Steele and like Nora Roberts and like mm-hmm. all that weird mushy weird stuff. And then my brother reads very nonfiction analytical things that I would never touch in a million years. No, I blame higher education like, for that one. And then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and then you have Aunt Brenda and Jace that read horror I love reading horror I don't watch horror but it, it's so funny how so many of us read so many different things and, yet there's, and then you got Johnny and I who read almost the same and shit and yet there's one thing our entire family agrees on <laughs> there's only one thing we truly agree on and that is share share <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, share. share. And it's all the different share. eras of share. It's, it's, it's one thing. Yep. And we all experienced yep. it. Courtney about her brain popped at a family reunion. All of a sudden, share came on. <laughs> yeah. And we all like stopped what we were doing. Everybody's Just singing. We're all having a gale time. And she's like, the fuck is wrong with you people? Out of everyone available in the music world, yeah. culture world, mm-hmm. you all settle here. Mm-hmm. Like, and what? We all mm-hmm. just looked at her and went, and what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, the weird part about my family with reading <laughs> is it seems like there's one person every generation that actually reads. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like, my grandma read, was an avid reader. Uh, my aunt was an avid reader, and then I am an avid reader. No one else really reads that much. No. No. It was always something for us that there was a poster, and everybody's like, oh, yeah. go read. Go. Yeah, go play or mm-hmm. read. Like, go. Yeah. But, like, I have memories of my grandma, like, while we're napping. Because I was the old, I'm the yes. oldest, so, like, they all would be napping, and I would be up with grandma still, and she's sitting on the couch all curled up wa- watching um, Days of Our Lives, but she's reading. Well, and it'd be weird. It'd either be, like, a Daniel Steele novel, or mm-hmm. it would be Soap Opera Digest. So she would be watching the show yeah. and then reading more about it. It yeah. was so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was one where mm-hmm. if, oh, oh and if we hilarious. were to stay inside, you'd be quiet from 11 mm-hmm. until, like, what, 1? One? 1 or 2. Because Reg- yeah. uh, Live with Regis- She'd watch the news. Yeah, then Live with Regis and Kelly was on at 11. Mm-hmm. No, that was on at 9. Was it? 9 to 10. And then at, yeah, and then at 10, we could go to breakfast. Yes, and then 11, we had to come back to And go do our stuff. Right. Yeah, she'd watch Prices mm-hmm. Right, and then the news. Mm-hmm. And then days of our at lives. One. Mm-hmm. That was the big one. At one p.m., we all had to either be inside and mm-hmm. you shut the hell up, disappear, or you're outside. Yeah, we'd have to go disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you tell we're related? <laughs> all right. So we, <laughs> so we had that side quest. Because <laughs> we had that side quest, and we're on the topic of. Y'all's family being reader. Kelsey, what have you been reading lately? <laughs> um, so, I finished All the Ways the Dead Still Speak by Caleb Wilde. And I'm going to say this. I think everyone that has lost someone, regardless of how recent that was, you need to read that. Like, it's like one of the top five I'm going to recommend for people. If you've lost someone you need to read this because there's a lot of feelings 
that I know that my brother, my dad, and I are experiencing losing, you know, my dad lost his mom, we lost our grandma, type thing. There's a lot of emotions and feelings that come out when you lose someone so close to you that reading that book validated a lot of feelings. A lot of feelings of frustration, um, but also the feeling of feeling the need to find yourself again. Hmm. That seems like... And that's all I'm going to say about that one, because I, I re- that's one of those books that like I really don't want to spoil it for some people, because it's, it's a... God damn it, Paula, quit touching the touchline. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just having a rave over I know, there. I just... thought you were going to have like a really no. serious, we're going we're gonna to bring the lights down no. in, in the spot, in the center. I, I have... Guys, 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 listen. Listen, <laughs> listen how serious I am. There's mood lighting now. I'm being serious. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I have, a, I have a dragon like touch lamp that he feels to need to like rub his face on all the yes. time. So yeah, but it's... It's like he talks a lot about ancestral stuff um, and going on ancestral meditation walks um, and talking to them again, but also in a way to find guidance and resolve all those feelings um, and stuff like that. He, he finds a therapist that like helps him go on this because he, he talks about He's he's a sixth generation funeral director, and he talks <laughs> That's about heavy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm I've told Dad this. I find reading books by funeral directors about death make grief make sense. Yes. Versus like grieving books from other people that it's not like they don't know what they're talking about, but these people literally deal with dead people and grieving families. Like All I. Day. What they have to say is a little bit more important than, like, Susie down the street that's, like, writing a how-to. But he talks about how his his path was never forced for him. This is what was expected of him is, you know, he had to be a funeral director. And he talks about everything that comes with that of not having a path to forge for himself. But then he does these ancestral walks after his own grandfather passed um, and how he's like, I'm like, pop, pop, I have to step away from this. This is not for me anymore. Like, I can't do this like how you do it. And his pop, pop says, that's okay. Aww. Like, I'm so proud of you. And it, it was one of those, it's one of those books of like, I feel like anyone who has lost somebody recently or even years ago, you, you need to read it. Like, it's one of those that, like, you're going to sit in your room by yourself and you're going to read. And you're not going to read it out in public. Or <laughs> no. You're going to have some moments. But, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I... What else did I finish? Oh. Um, Phantom Evil by Heather um, Graham. Basically, it's a team forged by the FBI. And they go... And they're all, like, different, like, psychic mediums, like, paranormal investigators, and they're teamed up with a fucking cop, and they go investigate a murder that's happened in a haunted house, and the ghosts help them 
with the murder. And Madame Leota in her crystal ball shows up, and all of a sudden, a Scooby-Doo movie starts. <laughs> it, it's kind of like a Scooby-Doo movie, because it starts in Louisiana. Oh my god, they basically just ripped off the IP for the Haunted Mansion, but added actual people that know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And that's from a Disney fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It gets so steamy. <gasps> yes, but, do yeah. they fuck in that haunted house? Yes, they do. Oh my god. Do the ghosts? Nah, um, I don't know. They're kids. Fucking fine now. Are there are there go- are there ghosts there are there ghost contraceptives <laughs> that they can have access to? <laughs> <laughs> so it it um you have obviously you have two very damaged people that fall for each other. She's kind of a medium, and he's the cop part of it type thing. Oh, is he is um, she the medium to his large? Oh. Oh, you're. <laughs> I told you. I told you he's worse. I told you. I never said they were good. I told you. I this. never said they were good. No, I told Johnny. I go. Well, he see, was... I, I was. I was holding back, uh, making a comment about like, made... asking if they were Victorian ghosts <laughs> because then they'd be rolling in the sheets. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a house of a known serial killer at the time, at way back in the day that like they have a museum and stuff about down there. But I don't know. Um, Which serial killer? Yeah, I don't Did, did they... Now, follow-up. Did they take inspiration from a real-life serial killer, or did they just... Did whomever the author is just I make don't... it up on the spot? I think they might have made it up. I'm not totally sure. I was, I was about to say, Jeffrey Dahmer's really, um, really popular in pop culture again. Did, 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 did the person eat their victims? No. Did they prey on gay men? I can't... No. I like... <laughs> minor, minor side note. I like how Netflix had it tagged as LGBT... And then people... Th- oh, they took that shit down. Yes. And mm-hmm. people do not understand that Jeffrey Dahmer was, in fact, a gay man. Yeah, yeah and so was... Like, yeah, but the issue the issue is... Uh, a lot of the issues with the queer community is because it being tagged as that puts the queer community in a negative yeah, light. Yeah, we didn't ask to be yeah, killed. I see that and point. We didn't ask to be killed and eaten. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's... It, in a way, because the way media does stuff and the way media portrays stuff and pushes things, um, it makes all queer people look yes. like monsters. Yeah, I understand. Because we're kids, because we're kids. So he was like, a gay All right, we, we hear you. Which is funny because, you know, they were they didn't do anything with the whole Dave Chappelle thing. I know. I know. That's either here or there. I can't find what it was about because I have the second one. <gasps> There's a sequel? Is this a franchise? Uh. Sir, there's like 26 plus books. <gasps> oh my god, book club. We can read about people fucking in murder houses. Yes. Damn. Yes. <laughs> can you guys read that bottom no. comment? I cannot. Murder, sex, paranormal, events, what not to love. <laughs> I mean, right there. Yep. Cut the check. Cut the check. Well, um, Johnny knows that I don't read like steamy stuff. Smut. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Oh, like, what are you talking about? You're a you're a hardcore smut fan. Don't mm. be lying. People. Oh my god. You're like the biggest smut fan. <laughs> One of my favorite pastimes is to get really shitty gay romance novels written by women who have no idea how the gay community works. <laughs> Those, I will tell you, I would send Snapchat videos to my friend Elvis of they, she thought this was good. Her per editor signed off on this and said, yes. It's so bad. 
I'm ca- I I truly really get into what it would what, whatever book I'm reading in terms of like I, I'm quiet, I'm focused. What I checked out. And this one, I'm crying out loud. It's supposed to be a really tender, sensitive moment, and it's like this this is not how this works. This is not how this works. That's like men writing for women and her boobs jiggle mm-hmm. very boobily. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's what? like what? no, none of this 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 type of person does not exist in this world. This is and it's like you clearly are trying to fill a void. You clearly have some damage that you are trying to fill. You're, that you're trying to fix here. Let's unpack this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. That's that's the two things. I kind of took a break from my Sigma Force series because I'm like book eight. Um, in that, I'm kind of taking a little break from my little Christian Indiana Jones series that I've been reading. Um. It is. They're they're. It's like Christian. It's like all Christian themed. Um, but they're like Indiana Jones, and they save the world every time. Of course, because like this has to do with the president. Yeah. Yep. Um. So for like this one, the president's daughter gets kidnapped by the guild, and they want her baby, and because her baby's gonna lead into the new order. And of course, the Illuminati. Of course, the Illuminati. And is there, and is yep. there always discussions and about trying to find the Holy Grail? No. no, it's always it's always Sigma Force trying to figure out who the Guild is. But they figured out that the Guild is the President's family. And are the Knights Templar yeah. somewhere in there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, I was just being smart. Yeah, no, in this one. And the Illuminati. No, in this one it is. It's like, but they want her baby. <laughs> like. So I'm about halfway through that. I've stopped listening to that one because it's just like, this is... I've read too many of them right in a row. So it's like, alright. Oh, pump pump breaks. breaks. We need to we need to take a pause. <laughs> I need to walk away for a minute. Because, like, I, I have to do that. Like, you were talking about reading multiple books at once. I do that. I just started a series. Um, the God is Not Willing. I just started that one because I have to step away from Sigma Force... Because it's whew. Sigma Force sounds yeah. like Sigma Force just sounds like a really bad superhero thing. I was gonna say <laughs> it, I was gonna say Sigma like, Force, like go. I was gonna say like Sigma mm-hmm. Force sounds like what every Greek organization panhellenic board wants to sound like. We're Sigma Force mm-hmm. here to help with your fraternity <laughs> needs. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're all hungover and doing jump <laughs> yeah. shots in the back. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're secret order I of would... DARPA. <laughs> DARPA <laughs> that are all ex DARPA. Um, the defense branch, um, and they're all ex-military personnel that are incredibly intelligent that they send through very specific PhD programs. Do you realize that somewhere in the, in that author's archives is a sheet of paper where there's cross out different name alternatives and they finally (laughs) settled on DARPA. That was, that was the one. (laughs) Yeah. That was the one Mm -hmm. that they circled and went, yes. Yes. Well, I believe DARPA yeah. is a legitimate thing. I have no yeah, point is, of reference. So All I know is Kelsey said I was like, name. give a, give us, give us, give Johnny. Yeah, agents, yeah, it's the agency of U.S. Department of Defense mm-hmm. uh, responsible for development of new technologies. Mm-hmm. I yeah. earnestly yeah. did not know that. So, like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, like Monk, the one main character, they put him through uh, forensic medicine, so like when he walks crime scenes and stuff like that, he can 
see what's happened from like a medical perspective but if they get injured while they're on the mission they have a medic type thing they're all like sharpshooters and like yeah they all go through um the director has a phd in nanotechnology they get yeah so so they're all great to have at parties yes they're all probably a so (laughs) so darpa is the so yeah they Mm-hmm. Look into technology and stuff that can help the U.S. military, and yep. you know, for them yep. to be stronger. And mm-hmm. you know, it's where all the R and D money goes to that gets dumped into the U.S. military budget. The U.S. military budget mm-hmm. could cut its spending by up to eighty-five percent and still have the highest mm-hmm. military budget in the world, and would still be more than the next like five countries combined. Mm-hmm. Yet they, uh, you yeah. know, don't I have money for troops or anything like that. <laughs> oh. I thought it was. No, uh, they've done no. things like they've done things like uh, exoskeletal type suits mm-hmm. to increase the range that soldiers can march. Yeah, uh, they've they... actually looked into working on mech suits and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have made surveillance equipment that looks like animals. Yep. Uh, they actually one one of my favorite things is in the. <laughs> 60s, I believe, they were developing something they called the gay bomb. Yes. And the idea was to drop it on the enemies, and the enemies would all become so incredibly attached to each other, they'd all just start fucking. Girl, girl, that's called Fire Island. Like, that's not anything new. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> like this, this is this is where your tax dollars go. Girl, that's just Mykonos yeah. in the summertime. Like they thought they were being slick. No, that's we done been new. That's already been here. <laughs> there's also there's also one called the Brown Note, which was a certain sound frequency that would make the enemy shift themselves. There was a MythBusters episode about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like in the books, yeah. they talk about liquid body armor. Um, they have surveillance and like pens and stuff that they can stick. Like they can put the pen in your purse and then you keep I going. Need to, I need to. I need to. Stuff. I need to pull. Yeah. I need to pause right here. You said liquid body armor. Mm-hmm. So like. So it. So like, is it like mm-hmm. in an aerosol can, like Aquanet, and you just kind of hold it back? Do you like put a solution in water and go, okay, guys, give me a minute and plug your nose and dip? Like. Is there is there like a priest <laughs> in like Dickies that goes okay and you down and you like how does this how, what's the logistics of that I I genuinely want to know how it's to woven that. into it's woven into fabric oh see I like my image better so like like okay okay think like Bilbo in his light armor oh that he got the, from the elves the Mithra coat mm-hmm. okay think like that it's super light it's woven but it's it's woven into like shirts and stuff so instead of wearing a big bulky um vest it's your shirt it's your whole it's everything that you are literally wearing okay see i but i like so that's why in the book it's called liquid because it's it it's mobile Okay. Instead of being, I like your idea better as well. Like... I know. I like. I like the idea of military practices <laughs> where you just like get dropped in here and you're and you're good to go. God. All right. We need to go back on course. Johnny, what are you reading? So I. I was like, how many I did think... you get done this this two weeks? So well, so that's so I've been kind of resting my brain with all the work crap I've had going 
going on, and hopefully they're going to be changing some things where I'm not working six days a week soon. Yes. Because yes. I'm freaking tired of working six days a week. Uh, um. the, the annoying part is that it's going to be based off of production numbers from another department that I have no control over. So it's like, nice. yeah, because they're that's where most of our money comes from. So if, mm. you know, they succeed and they get what they're supposed to get through the week, then nobody has to work. But if they don't get, then everybody has to work. So instead of having individual metrics, everyone's lumped in together. That's dumb. That is dumb. Uh, but yeah, so I've been slowly dumb. going through, uh, what's the name of this book? Uh, the Lost Books of the Bible by Joseph E. Lumpkin. And so this is scriptures that have been found that have been dated back via science and via carbon dating to biblical times that tell alternative or additional information based off Bible stories. Also, uh, you and interesting Bible stories. And some of them are kind of interesting. Some of them are like, okay, yeah, we knew that. And then other ones are like, okay, so you're just reading reiterating that uh, the Christian God is kind of a dick. <laughs> now, I, I have a, is, this, is this in the similar vein of how the current edition that we know of the Bible and scripture is currently being into question because of the mistranslation and the, or the, the purposeful mistranslation that is now used to condemn homosexuality is it like sort of in that realm of these kind of change our way of thinking or is it just something else certain ones yes certain ones are just like they're kind of certain ones do kind of change the way that you think and like you interpret some of the stories because it is closer to you know the original stories versus what we have now but then other ones are just really fucking weird. <laughs> like, they, they go into depth at times about, you know, there's... Uh, now I can't think of what they're called. Uh, but there's, like, a race of beings that are, like, they're basically giants, but it's because angels fuck humans and have babies. It's, like... Like two verses in the King James Bible, which doesn't tie into anything else, but there's actually an entire book that goes into all the details of it uh, that was part of the scripture back then that got thrown out because it wasn't of God and people didn't need to know it. Uh, and then, you know, they go more detail of some of the other Bible stories like uh, Abraham and, you know, Noah and Moses and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, some of it just kind of reiterates stuff that's already been said. Some of it just changes your perspective on it. And then some of it's like, what the fuck am I even reading? <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, how do we get yeah. from point A to point B? Yeah, so uh, it's it's an okay book. It's, it's just typical religious text, nothing too spectacular. I've been kind of giving myself a break from epic stories and stuff, but I'm when I finish this, I'm going to get back into it. I've been listening to it off and on with podcasts. I've been doing that a lot this week, too. 
catching up on podcasts. I've been I've been sleeping because of depression and also hard work on the farm. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't envy you. Yeah. Oh, don't envy you. Yeah. Well, as we said, we're gonna kind of get into talk about two different individuals briefly today. Uh and talk about a little bit with how they influence the royals in the UK and in other parts of Europe and how they've kind of shaped what we have today with occultism because mm-hmm. after this we are going to be getting uh, Kelsey and I are going to be getting into uh, the spiritualism movement which will have ties back mm-hmm. to some of the information here yes so do we do we want to start with John D or Nicholas Flamel Ooh. I mean uh, we all we all love uh, saying in a really horrible British accent Nicholas Flamel like we're Hermione Granger I mean we all do but everybody forgets he's a real person <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a lot of uh, people well, don't know that, so that they think Flamel is well. actually yeah Flamel is French originally, uh, which is kind of humorous. But yeah, so most people who know the name Nicholas Flamel know him from one of two book series. One of which, of course, mm-hmm. is Harry Potter, because that's Duh. you know where a lot of us were exposed to the name. Uh, the other is actually the Nicholas Flamel book series that they have, which is a young adult book series fit for people around the same age. And John D actually shows up in those books as well. Uh, because of really, course. really entertaining. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Nicholas Flamel's one of the good guys, and John Dee's one of the bad guys. Because you have to have division, mm-hmm. and you have like Joan of Arc and all sorts of other famous historical people the who hits. have gained immortality through different ways. Uh, and so they're all still alive and take on other personas and all that jazz. That mm-hmm. sounds like the one cult that I think Grace Kelly of uh, Princess Grace Kelly was in, where they all thought they were, or there's, or there's another cult like that where they thought they were these famous beings reincarnated. There's a there cult. There have been that a this, few of those. Yeah, there's been a few like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we talk about them, don't we? Have we talked about them yet? Well, there. The well, we, we talked them. about. Is that the Children of the Sun, I believe? Hers was hers was oh, the shit. Order of the Solar Temple. That's yeah, it. Order of the Solar Temple. Them. Yeah. Yeah, I talk about them. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Boom. You're welcome. They're, uh, they were an interesting group. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting episode. Yeah, yeah what episode is that? Continue. I will so, yeah. Uh, Flamel was born... In uh, 1330, and lived up till because they don't have an exact date or month when he was born, but they do for his death, which was March 22nd. Uh, he was a French scribe and manuscript seller. After his death, he de- he developed a reputation reputation of being an alchemist, and it is believed that he found the secret to immortal life. Uh, for those of you who, of course, you know, you have it in Harry Potter and you have it in other things like 
Full Metal Alchemist for any of our anime nerds out there. <laughs> but he is the one that allegedly came up with the uh, Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he was a French Catholic who, you know, he would copy down manuscript and stuff. He believed that a lot of secrets were hidden in old manuscripts and he could decipher those things. He would do like different sorts of alchemy and do research into information to try and figure out how can I live forever? How can I turn, you know, lead into gold and all that fun stuff. My one thing is why Uh, would you want to live forever? Like that sounds boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounds just boring. Oops. So my brain, when it goes to immortality, my brain goes to, because I freaking love all of the series that are involved with it, uh, the Highlander series, which they're actually re- they're rebooting mm-hmm. and I'm a little nervous about. Mm. Uh, but I've watched both live-action TV series. i watched the animated series, all five movies, uh, but it's actually based. That's actually based off a of romance novels yes. originally. Yes. Which a lot of people don't realize that. But yes, the, yeah. the famous movie series and mm-hmm. TV series where the guy lives forever, the Scottish guy lives forever, and cuts other people's heads off to gain their power. Uh, in sword duels was romance novels, but the reason being is because you know you he would fall in love with someone Mm -hmm. and they'd have their happy ending and then they would die and then they would be grieving and they'd end up falling in love with someone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's, that's kind of my whole thought is, (laughs) yeah, you would. (laughs) My thing is, why would you want to keep doing my my one thought is, my my one thought is, okay, one cool. You're immortal. Great. Love that. Love that storyline for you. But also, you now get to see the home that you once lived in either completely deteriorate or change. You get to see, you, mm-hmm. one, you get to you see society change in ways that you may not agree with. But also, how many books are you going to be able to read to keep yourself entertained? How many times can you go to the Parthenon and it still have that same luster? How many times, cool, your bestie's dead. And after a certain point as an adult, I think we all can agree, I'm not making any more friends. I'm not going to. You want me to go to a bar <laughs> and social, socialize? The beer I like isn't being made anymore because that hasn't been made since 1785. <laughs> so you want me to drink a vodka? Cra- no, that's weak shit. No, I'm not about to. No, you want me to go no. sit here? I'm not going to do that. So now, and also, this just popped into my brain. You get a, like, with changes in medicine, you now get a some form of, like, serious disease. Okay, cool, great. Now are you, do, do you reveal your hand and let science study you? Because you're still, you're still living, but, you know, what, it, like, what's, there's so many different questions I have, but it always goes back to living a lot, living forever would be boring as hell. Clearly, well, it's funny though. Never they... read a vampire series. Cool, great. I've learned about Bitcoin. Well, that's why vampires. <laughs> that's why vampires Literally. are all bisexual if they've lived so long, uh, because you know, whether they were gay originally or straight originally, you know, it got too boring. Mm-hmm. So they just try out 
what else is on the menu. And then you've tried uh, everything like... else on the menu, so now what do you do? <laughs> Again, I got bit in 1487. Have... It's 2022. What have I been doing? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly you have never read a vampire series. No, where I have they not. they fight super... <laughs> Super villains and at this point because they're it, super intelligent. At this and, point, because of my because yeah. of my personality, I would go to whomever my, my villainous and go, We've been doing this for three hundred years. What do you want? No. What do you want? That's what makes it fun. No, because at this point yeah. I'd be like, look, I'm tired. I just want to sleep for a few years. Like, what do you're interrupting my beauty no. sleep? Mm -mm. No. Can can we expedite no. this process, this go around, please? No. You become like a super rich hermit? And that's just how you live your life. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you basically just become, you know, little Edie in Grey Gardens <laughs> in your Bedell Abedated mm -hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for real. Mm -hmm. I know, I know that's not... You had the... You <laughs> there are two people that have clearly read, like, vampire series. And me, and no. And you. <laughs> no. I've spent so long in higher education of, like, where's like, the logic here? Like, <laughs> like you and I, like, are like, well, you, ch you change your best friend. Or, well, okay, so like, <laughs> higher education, you could literally go get a degree in everything. At some yeah. point, at some point, I would get so pissed off at like, this is my last yeah. degree and you're yelling at me for this use of a comma. I, at this point, I would like throw a book at you. Be like, no. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. You change your identity after so many years, you know? Mm -hmm. be like, you'd be so like, listen, I've... I've been alive for 600 years. Do you know how many times yeah. the English language has changed in that time period? Yeah. You want me to write about Julius Caesar? Guess what? I brunched with him. So my... Yeah. I, I have a better point of view. <laughs> I know him. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I once made out with him. So really, I know him better than yeah. you know him. Like, yeah. I would be insufferable. Yeah. I would be it's insufferable in instances <laughs> like that. Why did I get a C on this report? Well, you said that Cleopatra preferred poached eggs over uh, hard-boiled eggs. And we all know I don't see any sort wrong. of accuracy in where you could ever see that at. There's no scientific, there's no historical data of that. Well, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, if you see here in this hieroglyphic passage up here, I'm right mm -hmm. there. What have you done today? Dr. Richardson, <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> See, Do you know a Dr. Richardson, or is that a name you just pulled out of your ass? Out of my ass. <laughs> okay. but, but you already see, in this immortality with Nicholas Vamel, I would be insufferable. Kelsey would have already like disowned me four times already. I would be nah, insufferable. Just let you go well, you would have already been dead. You would, or she would have already been dead, though. No, yeah. I would bring her. If, with I, if me. I hadn't, if I hadn't have been I, brought over, then I would have yeah, been dead. Yeah, I would, already. I would, I would bring her with me because I would need someone to just lightly irritate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, but it's like but, just, yeah. Back, back to the story. Back to, back to Flamel. <laughs> <laughs> Fun side back, quest. Back uh, to the main path yeah, here. So he was charged and accused multiple times because of his dabblings and because of his. Uh, interest in immortality. Uh, he was charged with heresy, even though he was Jewish. We love that. Uh, he was, or no, he wasn't Jewish. Let me see here. No, never mind. He was raised Catholic. I'm thinking something else. Um, for some reason, I oh no, never mind. Misread my note. Uh, so he, because he was reading into Jewish texts and reading into he Hebrew texts, uh, 
he was going against the church and believed to be going against the church. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, because, you know, you can't read outside of what you're taught. How dare you? Uh, yeah, so he was arrested several times or accused several times, but because there was no actual evidence of him doing anything, then they couldn't do shit to him. He has had four published works. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to butcher the French phrases because I do not speak French. Do either one of you two speak any French? No. I dated a vocalist, so I heard a lot of French. <laughs> I can mimic. I can mimic that style and offend a whole a whole sect of people if you really want me to do that. It's like le very des figures hieroglyphics, the book of hieroglyphic figures, uh, le somener philosophique, the philosophical summary. Le vere des laver, the book of washing. The book of flushing. I kind of want to look into that washing. Well, oh, I heard, I heard flushing. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, you see, it's the same fad. Yes. It's no. like douching, but with vodka. Oh, oh god, god, that, that insulin just made oh, my insides burn. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Le Bravery de Flamel, Flamel's bravery. Uh of course, like I said, he's been in uh shown up in different works of fiction since his death, like Harry Potter, references to his work in Full Metal Alchemist, uh the secret of the immortal Nicholas Flamel as above so below mm-hmm. which I'm assuming that's yes that is the movie mm-hmm. uh, have either one of you seen that movie no but we've talked about it before we have so it's a horror movie that has actual like alchemical symbology in it mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not a really big horror fan because there's very niche horror that I enjoy and one of the things that I enjoy is it has like actual occult representation. I was thoroughly impressed. Mm-hmm. The horror that I appreciate is the movie uh, that thinks they're doing something, but it's so bad that it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like I love like Prom Night Two, Hello Mary Lou is the perfect encapsulation of this. So bad that it's good. Mm-hmm. There we go. Nope. I I love B movie mm-hmm. horror. Like it's. Like it's like, oh hey, this is a horror movie, and it's like, is, is it, it though, <laughs> or is it a comedy that's masquerading as a? My horror favorite movie? thing to do in those instances is try to imagine that universe is real. Be like, like in Sleepaway Camp, they have a twenty foot tall pot that they're using to boil corn. How did you? Where did you buy this? How did you find it? I I have issues with oh, that. Oh, I do too. <laughs> uh, and apparently, there's. Now we can get into that yes. later, but there's a whole, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Nicholas Flamel. If anyone here, it, yes. Let's go back to Nicholas Your Flamel. Your boy, Nicky Flamel. This is a very side questy episode. That just sounds horrible. 
so yeah, there's a lot of legends saying that he's still around, that he's still alive, figured out immortality. Uh, there's speculation that you can read into a lot of his writings and works to find that yourself. Uh, one of the individuals that actually studied a lot of his works was John D., who is our other individual we're going to talk about. Yes. Uh, so John D. lived from 1527 to either 15 or either 1608 or 1609. It's a little hazy depending on the records of which year he actually died. He either died late. 1608 or early 1609. Mm. The ironic part of that is the fact that he's an English mathematician. Ah, that is ironic. <laughs> so you would think with being a mathematician, they'd have the numbers better. Uh, he's also a famous astronomer, astrologer, teacher, occultist, and alchemist. This is where the Flamel uh, thing comes in. Uh, he was the court astronomer and or advisor, depending on how they want to word it, to Queen Elizabeth I and spent much of his time delving into alchemy, divination, uh, hermetic philosophy. Look at my notes here. He went to, uh, on request of the Queen, to find additional knowledge in the occult and supernatural to kind of help bolster and expand her kingdom. She would actually take it and consult him on any sort of big moves that they would be uh, acting upon in any sort of war or anything like that. If you know she wanted to go into a different area, she'd be like, hey, what do the stars say we should do? So he'd draw up a star chart and be like, well, it says you should have, uh, you know, seven turkeys cooked for dinner. Also, we should probably not attack that place. We should attack this place over here. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, and it makes me think of how at this time in the with the reign of Queen Elizabeth the first, it was still a time truly of absolute monarchy, where your mm-hmm. God came down looked in a crowd mm-hmm. and said you in your family line you're the one that is you're not really human but you're not really a god you're this in between and you're to rule this land you have been chosen and there was a lot at the time like putting context hats on there there's a lot of anger in the uk leading up to what would be the their big civil war in 1640 and elizabeth being a woman in power an absolute monarch there's you know you need to know you need to reinforce this narrative that I'm truly the one who's supposed to be here because you also have where the Scots are trying to take the throne. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of challenging of thrones at this time. It's really comical. When you look at the English royal tree, the royal family tree, when you get to this point, all of a sudden it gets real cluttered and it gets really dense and hard to read because there's people fighting for it. And then there's, um, like there's also at this around this exact same time is where the two princes of the tower go just go and die and disappear, which mm-hmm. sidebar, they may have actually survived. I did a podcast episode about it, and it's actually kind of cool. About this time a year ago. Um, 
but they have so knowing that she content know then knowing that john d was there who spent so much time with nicholas flamel the where they're so deep in alchemy and no in trying to help her create the case that she's supposed to be there is really fascinating that she went so far as to finding someone you know who was so deeply rooted in alchemy that's something i can understand occultists well, and you know yeah you can't have like a you can't have like a court because you know they were so tied into the church and everything you can't have like a you know a official royal uh, alchemist or a fish royal medium or anything like well, i guess you could have an alchemist but not a fish royal medium or you know anything like that it has to be like it's the court uh astrologer mm -hmm. because that's what we have to have because that's what you know it doesn't technically go against the teachings of the church at that time Nope. And and again, for context hats, her father, Henry VIII, is the one who created the Church of England. So we have this completely mm -hmm. new church mm -hmm. that basically had take, borrows almost everything from the Catholic Church, but changes things, especially with their views of divorce, which is very interesting when you put, you know, as that has changed. Um, but you have this relatively new church, and you have a woman monarch who in a time with a lot of war and a lot of you know trying to seize kingdoms and trying to expand things having an court astrologer but now this alchemist or someone who's really deeply rooted in spiritualism to me makes sense you need something to reinforce that you're supposed to be here that you're supposed to go here this is god communicating to me that i need your land over there that's mine now you know it makes well, sense I'm, having this person to another reinforce that. Another interesting uh, tie-in is uh, Roland D, which is uh, John D's father, was the was a mercer and a gentleman courtier for uh, Henry VIII. That is interesting, but also I'm not surprised too. Hmm. I'm not surprised as well. Once mm -mm. you yeah, once so you get intertwined of, in the royal court, you're there. there. Yep. So. Uh, he actually, this is an interesting fact to me. Uh, he was he attended uh, Chel Chelsea Ford, I guess that's how you pronounce that uh, Chantry School, which is still around today, and it was renamed uh, King Edward the Sixth Grammar School. So he went to a school that's still around to this day. Wait, that's some and shit. This was, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, that's because you know, here in the states, you know, things get buried over and pushed over and destroyed and rebuilt and everything else. And in a lot of Europe, with the exception of stuff that was destroyed in bombings, mm. yeah, they kept their shit. And the, you'll have like buildings that were used for other things, or you know, buildings that have changed hands so many times. Yeah. But he, and you know, they, obviously education was a lot different back then, but he actually graduated uh, at age 15 with a BA. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I can only imagine what, how long you actually had to go to school back then to, because I mean, most people didn't even finish if you even went to school, if your family could afford for you to go to school, 
they didn't even finish school. Well, and education mm-hmm. systems were so interesting back then because you had where if your family could afford it, it was this one wonderful luxury and seen as this social status where you could, I can afford the time to read Shakespeare and go into this occult stuff. And I can afford the time where, you know, us down here and where we are, yes, you would go to school to a point, but then you'd actually go to an apprenticeship where at that same age, you know, you know, I would be done, you know, I'd, to use an example, I'd be a farmer or a goat farmer or something, and I'd take over the family farm. Kelsey wouldn't get that kind of treatment because she's just there to birth them babies and try to bring the family up to a different social status. Which, since we're yep. in, since we're in yep. this general area of Queen Elizabeth I, one thing I read a book that's really that I still find really interesting is actually our current idea of social status and really the idea of the woman the marriage market really took off in queen 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 elizabeth the first where the like debutante presentations began with her and like where you'd be presented to her and get her approval and that whole concept is again in this in this era here with these two really important people john d and nicholas flamel but also we have the very first of the very very problematic debutante presentations beginning mm-hmm. huh interesting and we still have our own version of those today. Uh, he was. Beanie Patchens. Actually, no. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you get, you get presented to your senator, and then there's a really big dance, or your mayor, but you still as a whole, there's a whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, it's not beauty That's pageants. Nice. No, those are just perverted. No, the actual, you get presented <laughs> to your side quest here. You get presented to. It's like a charity ball, but you get presented to like your mayor or your governor or your senator. And then it's this whole big dance that's for you and you, but like for you, Kelsey, you talk about like, so here's this charity that I did. And here's this like old person I helped. And here's this program I made. And it's a lot of look how great I am. It's more for networking now, but they do still exist. Like I didn't kill anybody that sounds today. Exactly like something Kelsey would do. <laughs> Kelsey like, would I didn't walk. Kill anybody today, right? <laughs> Kelsey would walk into the sea at that point. Kelsey would walk into the sea with lead yeah. weights on her ankles and go peace out. I want nothing to do with this. She she, yeah. she would she would get put in the middle of everybody and she'd just say, uh, "Leave me the fuck alone," and yeah, turn around and walk out. Like minor, the fact that I am getting married. And my spouse is also an introvert too. It's gonna be the quickest and quietest wedding. It's good. No, it'll actually be kind of interesting, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's people I'm comfortable with. I'm not really inviting people that I'm not comfortable around. So it's one of those things of like if I consider you family, um, or my best friend of almost ten years, then hey, guess what? You're coming. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing like formal obligations because I don't want to be uncomfortable all day. I don't blame so you. I'm already going to be in a dress and have my hair done. I don't need to be socially uncomfortable too. <laughs> that honeymoon is going to be so quiet. <laughs> the flight, the flight alone, is going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, John D and Nicholas Smell. Nikki, yeah, so John- Nikki Flem and Johnny D, so, your boy. So John D. <laughs> John D was arrested at one point because of the Catholic Church uh, because he was trying to enact uh, acts of witchcraft and uh, sorcery over 
uh, Queen Mary and Princess Elizabeth. This was before she was, you know, mm-hmm. crowned queen. Uh, and then they then tried to charge with treason, but all that kind of got swept away thanks to uh, a Catholic bishop, Edmund Bonner, and they don't really go into too much detail, or I haven't been able to find too much detail as far as how that happened, uh, but it did involve a some dramatic attacks and tons of slander against the uh, once clearing his name of all that, he soon he ended up becoming a close associate of Bonner. And every time I see it, I want to say Bonner because <laughs> we're all twelve. Because <laughs> we're five. <laughs> it is B O N N E R. Yeah, I, I could see where you would do that. Mm-hmm. Totally. So he. You know, then was put in charge, in addition to being an astrologer and all of that, in charge of the Royal Library and helped preserve old books, manuscripts, uh, and all national secrets that were kept there within. Uh, When, at one point, he assisted in... uh, navigating and orchestrating different explorations because the English Empire was you know, spreading out all over the world, going every freaking where. Because we need to go everywhere. Yep. We have our fingers and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to put it. <laughs> but, I mean, then he ends up, you know, dying... I think old age. He was he was yeah. he was married three times. And he was married three times, and he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight children. We love that. No, thank you. Cause you know. No, thank you. No, thanks. Well, they, he, it was by different women. Don't care. Well, and also back then, how horrifying and graphic all of that would be. Dear Lord. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. No, well, that's why, you know, you you had so many people with so many different kids. Is You know, uh, a, a man, like a husband, would get die in the field or die, you know, work himself to death or get shot in a war. And so the wife would remarry to another man that already had kids from a previous marriage where his wife had died in childbirth or mm-hmm. something like that because a lot of women died in childbirth because they didn't freaking... Or we use bad grain for our bread. any sort of proper medicine. Mm-hmm. And start mm-hmm. hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's just a little bit of the two. There's a lot more information that delves you can delve into for both their lives. Uh, of course, you know, they were both Christian, and I'm throwing a quotation mark for our listeners, <laughs> because they did a lot of things that the church did not agree with, uh, things that involved alchemy and science that 
you know, was seen as witchcraft, uh, certain, depending on the time period, certain parts of the church viewed astrology as witchcraft, any sort of divination, but a lot of their, a lot of the stuff that they did set the foundation for a lot of occult practices to come after that with Aleister Crowley, with yep. the spiritualism movement that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Uh, that's that's what I've got here. You guys have any additional thoughts? For me, given the time period, I just always find it really ironic where when someone delves too much into science or math, they get it pisses the church off. It's mm-hmm. like I'm just over here yeah. with my books oh. and my abacus, just minding my business. <laughs> I'm over here. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> The world is round. What did you say? Burn them at the stake. (laughs) Them are fighting words. I was thinking about this too. When Nicholas Flamel died, this thought popped into my brain. Because of how much he made everybody angry with his thoughts about me. What cat is that? What cat is that? It's Johnny's. <laughs> it's like I hear Apollo's right next to me. It's like your cat, the one, the Apollo's one. right next to me, super silent. He's chilling. But I was also yeah. thinking, like, did they put his corpse on trial, like what they did for Pope Formosus? I don't believe so. That's still. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, they put a corpse on trial, and then they had someone crouching behind the corpse, doing the corpse's voice, like, <laughs> "Did you?" Put- <laughs> Oh, yes, I like, did you poor, 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 poor Moses do this? Oh. And you hear this voice. Like he's back there, like trying to like move his move his jaw, like be the whole be a whole puppet. Oh, like he's behind there, be like, that... you why did you do this? Because I was that is evil. so nasty. Like in, in these corpse, there's there's someone who got told pull, he pulled the short straw and went, you need to be the voice for Hold the short straw. Yeah, you you know, we all know that scene in Clue where he's cutting matchsticks and he got the short one and just there you go. <laughs> you have to be behind. Did they like burn the body afterwards? Because that'd be funny if it's like that'd be funny if uh they burnt the corpse afterwards and he's there, you know, sizzling and he's like, Oh no, this fire hurts so much. I would love that. Oh I would God. love that oh if there's if, if all, all of a sudden is it, it just gravitates into uh you know the wizard the Wizard of Oz. What a world! What a world! You know, as it's all like is you, you know like at that whole ending. I would love that. And if some really mm. awful um, like Hollywood exec is listening to this, we've just given you probably the comedy of the year here. <laughs> the film about the guy who was the voice for Pope Formosus. I mean, come on. Yes. They need to do more historical comedies. Yeah. Like, we, we need historical comedies where I can actually laugh my ass off at something. I know, like, right? Seth MacFarlane mm-hmm. needs more work. Like, come on, let's go. He does voices for Family Guy. Like, let's go. Well, there, there's actually a really, there's a comedian that run, does a podcast, uh, Dan Cumming, and his podcast is called Time Suck, and that's, <laughs> it's dark humor mm-hmm. for any of our listeners. It is dark. It gets really fucked up at times. But he does, like, cold case files. Uh, he does serial killers. He does, like, a lot of, like, random history events and such. He did one recently, and he does, like, a whole overview historically of everything that uh, 
everything that was related to it. There's like a little timeline. Uh, and then if he fucks up on something, he encourages people to write in and say, hey, this is where I fucked up. And, you know, he's actually changed some of his opinions personally based off of information that uh, he's gotten from some of his listeners and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually, really cool, one of the episodes he did was on the uh, transgender debate. Oh, wow. And he actually, like, fully flipped around his opinion on that because of feedback that he had gotten from uh, one of his listeners and conversations that he had with one of his listeners mm -hmm. and, like, the data and actual information that he got from it. We love. But yeah, the whole concept, yeah, the whole concept of the podcast is, you know, one, things are fucked up, but let's try and enjoy it uh, and try to get, have some sort of humor out of things. And two, never stop learning and, you know, never, never take anything with absolute. We truth. love character development. We love a good mm -hmm. character study. Yes. We love, we love that so, so much. You have to have that as a human being, mm -hmm. or you won't yeah. be a human being. Or, or, else, or else, what will next yeah, season look like? What will next season look like? If this character hasn't changed, you know, season eight is <laughs> not going to be fun to watch. True. Him and his wife have a podcast now together too, where he tells her like real scary stories and urban legends and shit, and she just flips the fuck out yes. because she's <laughs> a scary cat. Yes, That's that funny. is what I'm here for. Yes, that is funny. Uh, so that's all we have for this episode. Yeah, uh, we're gonna take it and you know continue our Kelsey, little if you want to share with it. Yeah, Kelsey, if you want to share with everyone where they can find us and all that, and then Hayden, if you want to tell our listeners where they can find you, yeah, so they can listen in on. Your podcast. Yes. Yeah, so you can find us at the Wayward Dragons um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I just posted on the YouTube channel the unboxing of my uh, Mindful Souls box in my bookish box. So that is up. You can email us at thewaywarddragons at gmail.com. If we fucked up, you have a story to share, if you have a topic that you think we should cover, or a book recommendation. And you can find me on pretty much almost all social media platforms the british royal fanatic podcast on facebook uh the british royal fanatic podcast on twitter i'm at fanatic underscore royal you can email me at british royal fanpod at gmail.com and you can find me on spotify which is just uh british royal fanatic podcast my youtube channel the british royal fanatic podcast by the time this comes out you will have seen the beginning of my first series that i had so much fun recording <laughs> where i am starting a series where i'm judging replica royal tiaras because why the fuck not <laughs> why not i think they're so fun and so stupid that you know what there's i'm just having fun we start very first with the spencer tiara and it's pretty good but you can find me across all of those nice nice thank you for joining us thank you for having me yeah definitely of course. And next episode, because I'm a dumbass and forgot to do this on this episode, next episode I actually have uh, a series of events that happened to one of our listeners. Yeah! That we're going to go through, uh, which actually 
works for the uh, uh, for our spiritualism stuff. Uh, it goes into a little bit. Uh, he is from Cherokee descent, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. he's got some yeah. fun and interesting things that have happened to him throughout his life. Yeah, yeah. From our first listeners, I've got to take it. You know clean a little bit of it up because I know the individual personally so I've got to clean a little bit of it up and take out a little bit of his personal information like where he works and all that because uh, while I don't know if they'll if anyone he works with will ever hear it I would prefer to you know keep people's stuff anonymous unless they specifically say hey you can share exactly who I am and where I work and my blood type and all that fun stuff my Christian name, my confirmation name. As I love to name. say, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I love to say, uh, if Casey from Case File can remain anonymous after all these years, so can you. Exactly. Of course. So can of you. Course. So, until next time, I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. And I'm Hayden. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hayden, you're like.